the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers present Horror on the Orient Express, a luxury campaign spanning the European continent, with David Larkins as the Keeper of Arcane Lore. So we're doing a uh, duet um, special edition, I guess. With, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to keep Padma sort of in the narrative to some extent, um, as as our busy lives are preventing regular Sunday attendance. For a little bit. For a little bit, and um, but that's fine. So in the meantime, we're going to do this and course you know i'm going to kill two birds with one stone by making it uh applicable to the main narrative of the ongoing story Ooh. yes in a way that uh, is similar to the prequel adventure that i just ran cool yeah there will be other flashback scenarios to get to come though so i really like that element mm-hmm. to this i mean of course i didn't get to participate in the the first flashback but mm-hmm. I like that sort of, I don't know, kind of encircling, like overarching yeah. kind of feeling. Like, ah, oh, this is a thing that has been going on that people have been battling against for however long. And yeah, yeah that, you know, previous attempts have failed. Like, I think that's a really... It's actually, yeah. It's a really exciting point of tension yeah. to have that. Exactly. Yeah, it adds some tension to a, a scenario that otherwise revolved around evil fezes. So, uh... I, I did gather that <laughs> from... Um, <laughs> The commentary. Yes. <laughs> it's impossible to make a fez scary. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, imagining it like if it had like teeth or something and like a little eyeball on the tassel, it would still be kind of cute. Uh, you know, I did manage to gross out where the fez can replicate itself. Mm-hmm. And so the, the fez master, <laughs> you know, can't even really the say fez it. Master. Yes, the, the fez controller, I think is what they're called. Um, is like pulling the fez off a guy's head, but then there's like a fez underneath, and there's like <laughs> mucus between the two, and it's like slime. It's like birthing a fez, basically. And everyone's just like, "Oh God!" <laughs> so, Do you have like fez afterbirth on your head? That is <laughs> fez placenta. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well then. So tonight's scenario is kind of similar um, to what we're talking about with the flashback uh, scenarios in that it is uh, somewhat of a circular kind of orbiting the main plot you know as the plot moves along and it's going to set up um, an ongoing thing as well so yeah so we'll be able to return to it um, in due course so um, let's see we left off for Padma um, January first, nineteen twenty-three. Right. Okay. So we had January first. Then we had the um, the talk on the third, and she was present for that. Yes. I have my tiny. Oh, okay. Have my tiny calendar. Great. Excellent. It looked like we were supposed to arrive in Paris on the eighth, but I did not leave for Paris with everyone else. Okay. They have just left uh, because they. On the 10th still? Um, 
No, they they well, let's see the eighth is a Monday, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. That that's where we're that's where we're at in the main narrative. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got uh, they got hung up on on Sunday the seventh with a little side investigation. Oh, okay, I recall that. Yeah. So, uh, which nearly killed them. I mean, so. <laughs> it wouldn't be Cthulhu without some random and meaningless death. That's right. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so ostensibly, really, the last we saw of Padma was in that first week of January, 1923. That's right. Okay, so, and she was, of course, um, going through the diary. Um, oh, yes, belonging to um, Mr. Jandis, right? Mm-hmm. Because she is now in possession of his interdimensional mirror. Mm-hmm. Yep, the mirror... And uh, and his library on uh, quantum fourth dimensional mechanics, or his his selected books at least. Yep. Okay. And then, um, in addition to that, she was reading um, Professor Smith's diary from 1893. So she's had a lot of reading. I mean, she's an antiquarian and an old lady, so an antique antiquarian. Yeah, that will tend to happen. So. Um, one other thing that has arrived um, at her location in uh, Kensington Gardens, I believe. That... Oh, actually, it is in Primrose Hill. Primrose Hill. Which is not far, I believe. Right, same general neighborhood. Um, so something else has arrived in Primrose Hill is a, um, a somewhat belated Christmas present. Um... You know, comes wrapped in, in butcher paper, but when unwrapped, reveals a wrapped present within. Ooh. With a tag identifying the gift giver as Alan Bennett. Ooh. Whose current Buddhist name escapes me. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I think you have it, yes. Do I have it? Swami Ananda Metia. Thank you. Yes. Um, and so it is signed in that We'll just call him Swami Alan. <laughs> Okay, so Swami Allen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, uh, it it has the uh, uh, shape and feel and heft of a candy box. Oh, Turkish delight, maybe. Maybe. Let's open it. Mm-hmm. All right, opening up, and it is indeed Turkish delight. Yay! Um, there is pistachios. <laughs> uh, there is a uh, a note to go with it. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> let's see here. He says that, uh, he has sent you these, uh, candies, um, both as a seasonal greeting mm-hmm. and, um, as a means of meeting up with you one last time. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. Those are his words. He says, do not partake of these candies until you are ready for a deep slumber. Well, as a self-described mild opium addict. <laughs> self-described? <laughs> Who can quit anytime she wants. I mean, anytime. <laughs> Let's ignore the fact that it's been 30 years. 
a deep slumber is something she's not altogether unfamiliar, <laughs> familiar with, with or opposed to. So <laughs> that room it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. I mean, Alan always was a bit of a melodramatic type. Right. Exactly. I mean, who's who's to say? What I that mean, means exactly. I mean, sweets do make me sleepy, but that's beside the point. Yes. So, um, yeah, unless there's anything else you want to attend to before taking the candy. No. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to relax a little anyways before this whole Paris trip. I'm still not over the whole crossing some ocean. Yeah, even though you're flying. I'm but. still going to need... If anything, so many opiates. If anything, flying <laughs> is even more hazardous than uh, oh, yeah. than ship travel. No, you know? it's like shaking and yeah. you know, like it's just about to like get completely engulfed. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't even bolt down the seats on these planes. No. No, they're just wicker. They're just wicker chairs sitting on a plane. Terrible. So. <laughs> a wicker chair. They really are. I know. It's crazy. Just, it's you like, can't ever bring up wicker and have it be like a. <laughs> have it be a good thing. No. <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, all right. So you are situated in the evening. Uh, it is, you know, uh, freezing cold outside, but you've got a roaring fire in the fireplace uh, with plenty of blankets for your rheumatic joints. Mm-hmm. And you got your box of uh, Turkish delight next to you, so you begin to indulge. To partake. Yes, you partake of the Turkish delight. And uh, without really realizing it, you fall asleep. As I'm apt to do. As you're apt to do. And then you kind of realize you must be dreaming. Hmm. What gives it away? Well, I don't know. What's what's a typical dream these days? Ooh. That's an interesting thing, especially with all of this interdimensional... Yeah. ...tubes, you know. Yeah, series of tubes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I doubt she even really knows. <coughs> all right. So, um, well, we'll just say that you are uh, wandering through your house, and go, and um, you know, but you you know it's a dream because the house has like certain features that it doesn't normally have. Of course. Yeah. So, like, um, you know, you you peek through um, a service window that normally goes into the kitchen and instead there's like this massive ballroom on the other side and you but it's like totally normal you're like yeah i should go in there and clean that out because there's a bunch of cobwebs in there because we never use it you know (laughs) that kind of thing why don't we throw more balls really (laughs) exactly exactly how long has it been um and uh and then you know you're kind of down at one end of the of the uh house and you open a door that Normally, yeah, exactly. Normally is not there, and there's a um, set of stone stairs leading down. Ooh, I mean, it's my house. I'm sure I know where they lead. I'm just getting a little foggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go down them to remind myself. Certainly. So down you go. Um, down seventy steps. Ooh. Yes, seventy stone steps. Uh, as you descend, you can see a flickering of flame mm-hmm. at the bottom of the stairs. And um, as you reach the base of the stairs, 
You see before you an act an octagonal chamber. There is uh, another portal directly opposite you mm-hmm. with um, like an iron barred gate. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is a brazier in the center of the room that is burning. Mm-hmm. It's the source of the flames. Mm-hmm. And two men uh, standing uh, either side of the brazier. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they look like old almost like old yogis, you know, um, dark colored skin with, uh, you know, white and gray sort of cottony beards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but then sort of, uh, incongruously perhaps they're wearing vaguely Egyptianate style, you know, headdresses, hmm. um, jewelry, um, little, you know, kilts, I guess, linen, the linen cloth. skirts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not really a loincloth, but like, you know, kind the of the wrap with the, the wrap. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and then sort of in that, in that dreamlike fashion that one realizes something is, has transpired without one's realizing it, mm-hmm. you realize that you are completely naked. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, I guess I'm in the age where I don't really care anymore. Yeah. And you know, they're, their boobs are just as saggy as yours so you know it's you know it's equal opportunity everyone's yeah no one's judging here you know (laughs) i'm sure we've done some weird shit for the veil of isis (laughs) it's like oh this is another magical ritual huh Mm. okay fine i'll get naked if i have to really Um, alan the second one this month (laughs) exactly (laughs) so the gentleman on your right says enter and be welcome i am noshed and then the gentleman on your left says i am come on thaw we congratulate you padma on finding the way i thank you for your your greeting and your words of welcome i must admit i'm not entirely sure where here is of course you are on the way to dreams Beyond us lies lie the gates of deeper slumber. The gates of deeper slumber, you say? Yes, indeed. Well then, mm-hmm. I uh, imagine this gate is the way, gentlemen. Quite so. Um, so they seem to be um, searching you, like they're looking. They're looking at you very intently. Hmm. And then they sort of nod simultaneously. One says, you are worthy. And then you realize that iron gate isn't there anymore. And there's a table next to the gate or Mm -hmm. next to the doorway. Um, It has, um, well, the table itself is made of uh, malachite. It's rather ornate. And you can see three loaves of bread, a jug of water, and a length of some sort of shiny, almost crystalline wool. And there's also, uh, neatly folded and piled up, stacked up, is whatever clothing you wish to be there. Ooh. Yes. Probably a sari like I remember my mother wearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I usually don't indulge, but sometimes. Yes. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, all right, so heading over to the table then, you can get dressed, and then as you're doing so, Kamantha says, take whatever you wish from the table for your journey. Whatever I wish. Mm-hmm. He said it was three loaves of bread. A jug of water. A jug of water and that crystalline wool. Crystalline wool. What type of bread is it? Uh, very fine white bread. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there is a, uh, a good-sized bread knife there as well. Hmm. So. Well, they do say to never arrive at a party empty-handed. <laughs> so, let's take a loaf of bread with a bread knife. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I brought the bread. All right. So. There's never enough bread. The there's no. It's true, actually. It's always good to bring bread. Um. All right. So. Bread, bread knife, and She's your not sorry. The fan of water. True that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, the way before you lies open. I shall enter. Very well. Nodding politely to the gentleman behind me. Mm-hmm. Yep. They just sort of watch you go. They don't wave. They don't smile. But they don't seem threatening either. Mm. Their eyes are sort of twinkling a little bit. You know. Benevolence. Yes, exactly. Mm. So there goes another one. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so you begin descending. And this is a stone stairway. It goes straight down for 700 steps. Mm. As you are descending, you note that the stone walls uh, begin to resemble wood. Yeah, it's almost like the stone has been painted with a wood grain pattern. What kind of wood? Well, you could make a natural history roll. Or science botany, if you happen to have it. What about a praise? Oh, you know, I, yeah, yeah. Because you're familiar with wood types. I am. Absolutely. Let's see, I'm not fantastic at a praise. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, not quite, not quite. All right. Let's save that luck. <laughs> um, I'll say that you are reasonably sure it's oak, but you're not positive. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, and by the time you reach the bottom of the stairs, you can't even really see the stonework anymore. It's almost mm-hmm. like you are in a wooden, you know, tunnel. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And so at the bottom of the stairs, there is a doorway. Then. Of wood. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the door look like? Well, it's uh, very simple, rustic. Looks like it was uh, carved out of a single piece of wood, hmm. um, set on wooden hinges with a wooden door handle. Hmm. Um, you know, it's about eighty inches high. No keyhole, I take it. Then? No keyhole. All right. Well. I've been welcomed in already, so I suppose I'll forgo knocking. <laughs> you do note that it opens out, away from you. Oh. Yeah, so, or in, depending on how you want to. Mm. It opens away from you. Okay. <laughs> so, depending into on. Into the room. Into the room or out from where you are, yes, going. Sure. So. Yes. All right, so you open the door. I do. All right. You open the door and um, are immediately uh, somewhat dazzled perhaps by daylight Ooh. flooding across your your face 
Um, you were looking out into a sun-dappled forest. A forest, you say? Mm-hmm. What kind of forest? Uh, mostly oak trees. Oh. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Yeah, it is. Uh, so there's very little ground uh, growth. It's mostly just dead oak leaves. Mm-hmm. A few ferns here and there. And, um... Um, but they're all very old oaks with, you know, big thick trunks and big spreading canopies. Mm-hmm. All twisted. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Appears to be summertime wherever this is. Um, it, the air is uh, mild and, and gentle. And, um, you know, the trees are in full full leaf. So. Oh, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. strange that it's so bright considering how leafy it is. It is. Well, uh, as your eyes adjust... Mm. You know, it's like, oh, it's actually kind of dim, but you were in this... <laughs> by comparison. <to laughs> by comparison, dark, dark you were tunnel. in this sort of, like, half-lit tunnel, so, mm. yeah. Mm. Lovely. Yep. Well, the ground seems mostly clear, you say? Mm-hmm. So, see, to be anything in the distance, then, between the trees, or... Well, um, there's uh, something of a trail... Um, leading directly away from the door doorway that you're standing in. Oh, so I can still see the doorway. Oh, you're in the doorway, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, then, I suppose we shall follow this trail. All right. So stepping out, um, you discern with a quick look over your shoulder that you are coming out of an oak tree. Huh. Yes. Well, then. Yes. Okay. As I come out of my oak tree... Mm-hmm. Perhaps it would be prudent to use my bread knife to make just a little nick so I know which oak tree it is on this trail. That is a prudent idea indeed, because as the door swings shut, you notice that the outside of the door looks like bark. Of course. And blends almost seamlessly into the trunk itself. Sure it does. Uh So let's make a little notch, perhaps where about doorknob height might be. Excellent. Okay, as you are doing that, you see a piece of paper is pinned to the exterior of the door. Oh, well, I guess it's not that big a deal that I'm notching it anyways. <laughs> Apparently not. <Yes. laughs> Let's take the note, shall we? <laughs> it's a missing poster, and your picture's on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> From Damn. how many years ago? Oh, yeah, exactly. No. I'll have to save that for another game. Anyway, there you are. Read that into the record, if you will. I know you are probably very confused. Try not to be. You are in the Enchanted Wood, a somewhat dangerous place. Go straight ahead from the gate, do not turn left nor right, and do not listen to the whispers and chirps you'll hear. Soon you'll be in the open lands of dream. You'll soon find a road or a cottage, and be able to ask directions to the town of Ulthar, where I await you. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Does any of that sound remotely familiar to me? familiar in what way uh i suppose like the name ulthar or the the term enchanted forest or um, enchanted wood let's see you don't have any cthulhu mythos do you mm, no i do not <laughs> so no <laughs> however what you're going to do is you're going to write in a skill for yourself mm-hmm. uh dreaming Ooh. and it is going to be equal to one-fifth of your pow attribute one-fifth of my pal. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is not very high. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, actually, may I see that note? Yeah, of course. On Hold on to it. Ooh, yay. <laughs> if only I had some tape. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, I suppose there's nothing to do but to get started mm -hmm. and walk. Okay. Um, so you begin walking. And as I say, there's there's the slightest little footpath, mm -hmm. you know, like the sort of path that, that gets made by, you know, a place that gets traversed once every month, mm -hmm. you know. There's enough of a divot to know, it's, but it's still covered in leaves. Yeah, and... exactly. Um, you, as you walk along, um, you further note that um, in a lot of the sort of crooks of the uh, oak trees, there's um, bioluminescent fungus growing. Oh. So it's providing some extra ambient light. Fascinating. Yes. And... Um, and yeah, there's there's an absence of bird song. Um, however, you do hear the occasional strange fluting noise. Fluting, you say? A fluting noise. Yep. And um, insistent yet faint gibbering. Gibbering, you say? Oh yes. Well then, <laughs> I do believe. This note, of course, from my dear friend Swami Allen. Mm -hmm. So I shall adhere to his instructions and try not to make too much note of it. Mm -hmm. All right. So walking along, you don't otherwise see anything. Um, and after about a half hour of walking, mm -hmm. you begin to see up ahead of you that the trees appear to be thinning. Oh. There is more light coming in mm -hmm. and uh and then just like that you are walking out of the boundary of this wood basically oh. so you have emerged into an area of rolling uh tilled fields oh yeah they're uh, about waist high with uh various crops oats and barley and but wheat. familiar crops yes oh. yeah like the familiar trees right yes it's comforting thought it is yes it's it's not growing a humanoid homunculi or anything like that i mean the odd mandrake even then is still <laughs> unsightly exactly um right yeah no it's 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 uh, totally familiar how wholesome it is quite uh there's these rolling fields that slope gently down toward a blue river mm. um there is um the sky overhead is uh, brilliant cerulean blue. Hmm. Um, indeed, everything seems like kind of saturated, color-wise. Pastoral. Yes, the the wheat is extra golden. the The river is, um, you know, sapphire. As though to define the very color in and of itself. Quite right. Hmm, it's lovely. And um, a little further off. You can see over the fields um, some chimney smoke curling oh. up into the air. I suppose continuing on my way then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Towards the smoke. All right. So you begin going cross country across these uh, fields. Oof. <laughs> Hopefully they have been evenly tilled. Yeah, it's a little hard going. Um, I suppose at least I go slow. Exactly. Uh, but, um, there's not too much ground to cover, fortunately, and soon enough you see these sort of rustic country cottages coming into view, just, uh, like, field stone walls, mm -hmm. thatched roofs, you know. 
But there's several of them. Uh, yes, there's three of them. Furthermore, they are situated on a um, road. Oh. Mm-hmm. And beyond there, you see the road kind of arching down towards the river and a wide stone bridge crossing it there. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose I'll go to the nearest one and knock. Okay. Um, so, entering this little hamlet, um, you knock at the door. Just a moment. <laughs> and the door opens, and a rosy-cheeked um, old farm wife type answers oh. the door. She's wearing, um, you know, an apron and um, simple sort of peasant dress. Mm-hmm. You know, wooden clogs. Mm. Right. She's got her. She's got a little, little uh, napkin on her head. Of course. <laughs> you know. The kerchief. Kerchief, yes, thank you. It reminds me of simpler times. Right. It, it kind of looks like something out of a storybook, um, this whole operation. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, uh, yep, she opens the door and says, oh, goodness, a traveler. Yes, good afternoon. How are you today? Well, fine, thank you. How are you? Well, thank you. I happen to be making my way through this beautiful countryside, and I'm trying to find the way to Ulthar. Are you familiar with such a place? Yes, dear. It's just down the road there. Across the bridge. Indeed. About, uh, I'd say an hour's walk. Oh, lovely. But please, it's it's uh, early morning. Uh, you must be famished, and, and it's still a bit of a walk. Um, I, I don't need to tell you that uh, the sun can uh, really beat down on uh, ladies of our age. Oh, well. <laughs> won't, you, uh, won't you please come in? I, I have some pottage. And so she indicates her, uh, her fireplace. The and bubbling you, cauldron. And you see the bubbling of cauldron, yes. Goulash of, of grains. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Blueberries and oats. So. Oh, well, I, I really do have somewhere to be, but I... Would feel terrible turning down your hospitality. Thank you. Mm. All right, so uh, check your hospitality, and you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you enter. Check courtesy. Yes, exactly. So you enter the uh, the cabin, and she, you know, produces a wooden bowl with a wooden spoon and spoons up, you know, a good heaping pile for you. Oh goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and and a bit for herself as well. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, I must say, I do appreciate your assistance. I, I don't have much with me, but if you'd care for some bread, I'd be more than happy to share and share alike. I appreciate it, but I'll have none of it. You are a guest in my house. Oh, thank you so much. I do do appreciate the hospitality. I'm not very familiar with this place. Oh, well then. Um, I suppose the most important thing to know is that when you come to Ulthar... You must not, under any circumstances, kill or injure a cat. My goodness, I can't imagine anyone wanting to do such a thing to those charming creatures. It's happened before, and never to the injurer's uh, benefit. Well, I should hope not. That's just dreadful. I have to say, I have several fat little furries at my own home. Oh, excellent then. You'll fit right in. Please tell me your name. I, I have to admit I'm a little remiss in my manners. Of course. Um, you can just call me uh, Nuala. Nuala. Mm-hmm. 
And have you always lived here, Nuala? I have indeed. Born and raised in the village of Nier. Is that near to here? <laughs> it's the very village you're in. Oh, it's lovely, I have to say. I wasn't expecting the colors to be so vibrant. Oh, well, that's just how it is around here. Well, you're very fortunate. It's a lovely place. Yes. I've had some travelers through tell me most, most chilling tales of some of the lands further away. But I don't bother with those places. I'm happy enough here. <laughs> it does seem like a lovely place to stay. Yes. Well, you're always welcome. I'm sorry, what was your name? Padma Dashel. Padma. A lovely name. Why, thank you. And so you have not been poisoned. Uh... <laughs> I was going to say, I just ate Turkish Delight that took me <laughs> naked into a mystery forest. I'm pretty sure this forage is fine. <laughs> what rabbit hole could it take me down next? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you begin shrinking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The cat. Whatever no. shall I do? Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Scenario idea. Uh-oh. All right. So, um, so yeah, you, uh, you know. Pass the remainder of your breakfast in pleasant conversation. Lovely. And uh, and and the the pottage is actually pretty good. It's you I know mean, everything looks so very wholesome here. Yeah, the blueberries are like wild fresh blueberries. The so. best blueberries you've ever had. Yeah, exactly. The blueberries of dreams. Yes. Welcome to Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So, um, yeah, unless you have anything else no, I you wish think to not. attend to. I know it's on the, the road way to Ulfar. And yes, it was lovely having stopped in near, and I do look forward to saying hello again on my next way back. We look forward to seeing you. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to tell my husband and, uh, and brothers and cousins and nephews about all about you. They're oh. off in the fields right now. Yes, well, there is work to be done, isn't there? Yes. Never a dull moment. I didn't see anyone in the fields, though, did I? Oh, they're out on the back 40. Oh. <laughs> the back of 40. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes. Of course. Um, all right, so off you go for Ulthar. Um, so you join up with this road. It is um, nicely paved and mm-hmm. uh, a sort of... Um, rich golden sandstone if you will Mm. and um it wends its way down to the uh bridge which looks very ancient and venerable Mm. um the river is babbling along merrily it's a good hundred yards wide or so okay and uh as as the road kind of comes down alongside the river um I suppose for one uncomfortable with large bodies of water, it's not the best uh, experience. But uh, it, it looks like an awfully sturdy bridge. It looks like a very sturdy bridge. Plus, I can see the other side of it. You can, and that is incredibly helpful. Yes, um, you hear some splashing in the water from fish jumping. Hmm. Probably. I never cared for fish. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have arrived at the bridge, and indeed, it does look sturdy. It does look um, wide. Wide. Mm. It's it's got walls. Mm. So mm. if you stick right to the center, you should be okay. Fantastic. <laughs> but why don't you give me a power roll anyway? Goodness. <laughs> 
pail. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to sit for a minute. You do, actually, yes. Uh, yeah, well, you didn't fumble, so... Um, so yeah, you you <laughs> there's actually a little bench, you know, near oh, the bridge. How thoughtful. So, yes, you. Um, I can see the other side. Yes. I can see the other side. <laughs> I can see the other side. <laughs> Why would Alan do this? <laughs> he must have forgotten. It's been a while. Uh, um. Let's see. Okay, so you lose three magic points. Okay. It's okay. All right. There's one behind you on the floor, maybe, but on the floor. <laughs> in the eraser spot on the floor. I just I spotted it oh. earlier. Yeah, it's kind of. All right. Yeah, I just happened to see it. There it is. Okay. Excellent. So, um, the reason you lost three magic points, you realize, is that you thought of a bench because you needed a place to sit. And oh. a bench presented itself. My goodness. And that is what your dreaming skill is. So that was a freebie. So if you want to create something, Ooh. you can roll against your dreaming skill. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to brush up on that. Uh-huh. Um, the cost is, is um, rated by the value of the thing you're creating, which is usually its size attribute. Okay. Right? Unless you were like, I want to create, you know, 50 pounds of gold, then it would be 50, because it's 50 pounds of gold, right? But say if I wanted to create, say, a key for a locked door. Right. Which is one single thing and quite small. Right. But if it's of value to you because you need to get through that door, then it might be rated somewhat higher. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's, it's a combination of how badly I want it and then also how much I'm conjuring. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And uh, and so like for for large objects, it's um, usually a quarter of the size, you know. Mm-hmm. So I figured a, a bench would be about size twelve. So okay. you, you lose three magic points for oh, that. Oh, okay. You can create living things, but it costs double the magic points. Hmm. So let's say hypothetically, for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have eight magic points, which then means that I would be able to conjure a living thing up to a size four. Yes. And what exactly would a size four be? Like, about cat size? About cat size, yes. Ah, wildly convenient. <laughs> wildly. In Ulfar. Yes. <laughs> of all places. Of all places. I, I say. <laughs> what are the odds? Well, then. Yes. So, um, you have uh, recovered your wits. You have gained an insight into how these things work. Hmm. I have a little little bolster of confidence then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, this is a, your insight came from your extensive readings and fourth dimensional, you know, um, interactions and that sort of thing. Fantastic bedtime reading. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you began to think, ah, yes, of course. Quantum theory dictates that anything we can imagine must also exist. For is there not infinite matter. Exactly. So, um... <laughs> a second power roll. I think you're okay. Although, well, actually, let's have you make another power roll for a different reason. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> I make it. Alrighty. So, as you're crossing uh, the bridge... Um... 
Yeah. You can hear a faint scratching noise. Oh. That is impossible to pinpoint. Hmm. Probably rats nesting by the bank of the river. Could be. Could be. Why not? <laughs> Let's get across this bridge. That's what I'm going to go with. All right. <laughs> That's my story and I'm sticking to it. That's right. Alrighty, so you uh, you get across the bridge. Mm-hmm. The uh, the scratching noise fades as you're about halfway across. Ah, oh, they must be resting in the cross beams that right. might be there under the bridge. Who sure. knows? I know nothing of bridges. <laughs> Quick at my pace. And- <laughs> My old lady pace. Start start doing the old person power walking at the mall uh, rate. and uh, Thank goodness. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Sunday's nine. Sunday's Wednesdays. That's right. (laughs) All right. So so the road uh, takes a couple turns. Uh, It's taking you through some gently rolling hills. Beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, still the the colors, the green of the grass here on the hills is, um, you know, uh, almost explosive in its greenness. Um, I can imagine during spring with all the flowers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wildflowers everywhere, blossoming. And um, you see some uh, farms kind of off among the hills. Mm. You know, with little little trails branching off the road leading up to them. And, um, but then soon enough, ahead of you, you spot a proper town. It is built on one of these hills. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of draped across this, uh, this hump. Lovely. And, uh, surmounted by a very large stone tower, like a bell tower, perhaps. Mm. The uh, overall style is very reminiscent of a sort of European medieval architectural style mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of uh, you know post and uh, post and plaster style uh, construction and, and steep shingled roofs quaint very quaint and uh, you begin to see the cats as you approach the town oh first uh, singles and doubles here and there lounging you know soaking up the sun and then as you kind of come into the town proper, into the streets, the winding streets, there's just cats everywhere. Oh. In windowsills, in doorways. In flower pots. Flower pots darting across the street. Thank goodness I shuffle. Constant meowing. Nonetheless, I will need a dexterity roll. <laughs> oh, thank God my luck is so high. <laughs> I'm going to have to spend a little bit of luck. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm gonna spend nine luck and make my dexterity roll. All right. Sounds good. Um. Okay. So. Um. Yeah. You managed not to uh, spill your ass over any cats. Uh, <laughs> A fall at this age. Whew. No. No. Not good. <laughs> On the cobblestone street. Uh-uh. Not recovering from that one. Nope. If something falls, you never get up. Oh, gosh. So, um... Let's see here. The uh, the folk of Ulthar uh, seem friendly enough. They're, you know, welcoming nods and smiles as you oh. make your way through the streets. They are dressed in, you know, a style of clothing to match their architecture. Mm. Uh, kind of a 
late medieval style. So mm-hmm. men are wearing hoses and uh, tunics. Huh. And women are wearing, you know, peasant skirts and and uh, you know, fine supportive corsets. Yes, it's basically like a ren fair. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's a it's a fairly fairly active and and lively little town there's uh merchants hawking their wares from store windows and people bustling about on on errands and of course the ever-present cats of course yes well then my note gave no further instructions mm-hmm. upon arriving at Ulthar. Yep. so if i were alan <laughs> where would i be hmm now, this is a proper-sized town, but it's not so large. No. I imagine there can't be more than just a handful of inns, say. Mm-hmm. Inns being the most likely places to find travelers and perhaps sit and have a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's find the nearest inn and see if my friend Alan has checked in. Okay. Uh, so you began kind of looking around. Um... The most likely place you spot is uh, looks to be some sort of public house. It's got you know like a a bundle of wheat hung out as its uh, sort of storefront shingle, hmm. and uh, and there's a there's an old woman about your age out front stirring a barrel of ale, oh. and and just sort of hawking that you know fresh ale, fresh ale for thirsty throats. Do the yogis partake in ale? I don't hmm. know. Yeah. Well, I'll make my way up. At the very mm-hmm. least, she might be able to provide me with directions. Yep. Ah, cup of ale. I'm quite fine, thank you. Large breakfast. But I was wondering if you might be able to direct me. I am looking for a friend of mine, a fellow traveler, mm-hmm. who asked me to meet him in your lovely town. And I am wondering where I might find him. It looks that your fine establishment might be a likely spot. Have you heard of a particular Alan Bennett? Alan Bennett? You know, I'll bet he's the guest staying up at the tower uh, with the, um, with uh, a tall. Oh, well then. Is there a direct route to this tower from, again, your lovely establishment? <laughs> oh, sure. And she kind of, you know, take a left there, and then you'll hit the main road, and that'll take you right up to the Temple of the Elder Gods. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much. Of course. So, off you go. Indeed. <laughs> Thank God it was only one turn. I don't know if I could have managed more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the directions are simple enough, and of course the tower is ever visible from all angles. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you arrive at the base of this, this tower, uh, perhaps a little winded, uh, 20 minutes later. And um, <laughs> I will be careful about imagining a new bench. <laughs> yes, there's only so many magic points to go around. There's only so many benches one needs. That <laughs> too. And, um, and yeah, there's just a, a big kind of open, you know, portal. All right. Well, in we go. Indeed. So entering in, you, uh, you are in a, um, sort of a colonnaded interior of this tower. 
Um, it's a typical bell tower construction where the interior is more or less just a big central shaft, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some stairs kind of wending their way up along the interior wall. All right. Any sign of people? Any sounds in here? It's very quiet and peaceful. Lovely. Yeah, but um, no people around. Uh, I think I'll call out hello. Mm -hmm. So your voice echoes up through the tower, mm -hmm. uh, disturbing the slumber of a few cats who are, you know, lazing on various steps of the <laughs> stairs. Good lord. Needless to say, there's a lot of cats on the ground floor as well. Yes. One dashes across your feet even as you call out. Uh, but no response. Okay. Well, it seems that there's nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. Is there a handrail? <laughs> uh, no, actually. <laughs> well, so then. We'll just have to grip the wall, I guess. <laughs> I might try imagining myself a walking stick for some support of all these stairs. Let's get a dreaming roll and see how well you do. <laughs> Thinking really hard. Not used to doing this, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> not even within shot of a luck spend? Mm, I guess I could. Yeah. I mean, uh, nah, nah. I might have to spend it on a dex roll either way, wouldn't I? Yeah, that's true, Yeah, actually. let's save it. Okay. <laughs> we'll hold tightly to that wall. Okay. So, uh, so up you go, very slowly. Mm -hmm. Not just due to age, but also due to not wanting to step on a cat. No. Uh, and of course, you know, they just kind of stare at you and they don't move out of the way. So. Impetuous little things. Yes. So it takes you another good half hour or so to get up these stairs. Um, but when you reach the top, there's a landing um, with a uh, balustrade and then a doorway, oh. um, which is slightly ajar, actually. Oh. I'll give a polite knock as I push it open. Come in. In you go. So you enter into a, um, you know, a, a kind of a large pavilion, I suppose, or, or open air space oh. um, where there's just a bunch of archways, pillared archways on all sides mm. with um, diaphanous drapes hung in each arch mm -hmm. which are blowing gently in the breeze mm -hmm. um, and you can kind of see a translucent view of the surrounding hills and plains beautiful yes um, and uh and so, uh, reclining on a uh, daybed under a um, um, a censer burning incense mm -hmm. um, is uh, an aged man, not unlike your uh, duo who welcomed you to the gates of deeper slumber, mm. although sans Egyptian garb. Mm -hmm. um, he's wearing uh, sort of satin and velvet robes, actually. What colors? Um, burgundy, red, black, mm. with uh, green and gold accents. Hmm. And uh, so as you come in, he, uh, he kind of, <laughs> you know, struggles to get up off the bed, <laughs> you know, like, oh, oh, uh, which you notice carved entirely of ivory. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, so as he gets up, you, you see his eyes even more than um, Nashed and Kamanta um, uh, twinkle with a sort of youthful exuberance. And, uh, mm. and he says, uh, Ah, you must be a friend of Alan's. Yes, it must be so. I am indeed pleased to call myself friend to Alan. And you must be Atar? I am High Priest of the Temple of the Elder Gods. Welcome. I am pleased to be here, although I, I have to say I'm surprised not to see Alan himself. Ah, well, he is here, actually. Um, so he, uh, he kind of looks around and um, spots a bell uh, sitting next to the daybed, so he gives a little, a little ring. And, uh, and uh, you know, you hear a, an indistinct shout from above you. Hmm. And, uh, Are there any visible doorways then? Or? Nope. Oh. Um, but then uh, as you're looking up at the ceiling, you see a trap door kind of, oh. you know, present itself as it's opened. You know, the seam was so narrow that it was invisible from where you stood. Wow. And a, uh, a uh, ladder made of very s- delicate silver thread um, mm-hmm. floats down. And uh, you see Alan begin to descend. My goodness. <laughs> Padma! Why, do be careful. Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Um, it's been some time since you've seen him. And it looks like, you know, he's actually younger than you by, I don't know, five or seven years. Mm -hmm. But he looks older than you. I'm sure. His hair is like, you know, totally white. Looks like he's lost a lot of weight. Well, that vegetarian diet. (laughs) Right. Yes, he does have a very healthy tan, though, so at least there's that. Why, Alan, I must say, the beard is very becoming. Oh, thank you very much indeed. So good to see you. I'm glad that my package reached you. I was very glad to receive it. It has been too long, my friend. It has indeed. Please. So, uh, you know, there's a couple other daybeds in the in this space in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, he invites you to uh, have a seat. And um, he himself is dressed in um, sort of a, a tunic or a, almost like a Grecian style, you know, off the shoulder piece. Oh, good lord! <laughs> um, made of cloth of gold, actually. Oh, so good lord! He looks like an extra from the Flash Gordon movie, basically. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, the like, kind of Roman style sandals, you know. At least he has a tan to pull it off. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so uh, please sit down, sit down. We must catch up. Absolutely. I uh, brought some bread. For the journey. Fantastic. You're welcome to help yourself. Compliments of the guardians of the gates of deeper slumber, I take it. Oh, wow. <laughs> they did say anything was up for crabs. Of course, you're meant to take it. Well then, what do you think of this whole place? It's quite bucolic. I love it. Yes, it is rather nice. Uh, I'll give you a tour of the town, but, uh, but let's, you know, tell me about what's been going on in your life. It's been years. Indeed. How many has it been, in fact? 3d6. <laughs> You're like, I'm rolling it. 15. It's been 15 years. I imagine 
the cross-continental uh-huh. journey would probably make it difficult. It, yes. He being in India, me not wanting to cross the ocean. Yeah. Mm. Not just India, Ceylon. So That's true. From one island to another. Good lord. But of course you were regular correspondence. Absolutely. Well, just keeping up the shop, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we've run into some interesting characters and have come across some new topics of study. So that's been exciting. Oh, good. I've come up with a new apprentice. He's lovely. Excellent. And uh, I've acquired a trans-dimensional mirror. You don't say. Good fun. I wonder if it could provide access to this, to these lands. You know, it seems that it's Ports of access are limitless. So fascinating. Goodness knows. This is probably down one tunnel or another. I've wondered myself whether it is possible to physically travel to these dreamlands, as I call them. Hmm. Um, we of course are here in our dream incarnations. Soon you'll wake up and you'll be back in the waking world. Oh. As for myself. I intend to stay. Do you? Well, back back in the waking world, I have what they call a terminal disease. Oh. But if one is sufficiently uh, anchored to these ephemeral lands, hmm. one may live on after death. Fascinating. So that is why I wish to see you uh, and just let you know that this is where I shall be. If ever you want to visit me, oh, I'm as close as your dreams. Alan. <laughs> I will say, dreadful news, but you have found a lovely place to call home, I suppose. Yes, I'm quite happy with it. Well then, any other questions you have? I don't know a whole lot, but um, I'm happy to answer anything. I suppose only, how did you discover this place? Well, I, <laughs> I'm a little surprised you discovered yourself, Padma, with, with your uh, opium habit and all. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, of course. <laughs> we all know you weren't the same after your visit up to uh, the Midlands. Is anyone really the same after they visit the Midlands? Hey, oh. <laughs> I'll set them up and you knock them down. <laughs> oh, Alan, just like old times. Yes, indeed. Well, yes, I discovered it through. <laughs> I discovered it through rigorous dreaming. Um, I spent a lot of time medicating, attempting to escape the pain of my illness. Of course. And um, one day I opened a door that had never been there before and discovered the 70 steps and. Then 700 more. And then 700 more, exactly, yes. Well then, however, <laughs> just seven steps. Maybe maybe those are earlier and we just don't remember them. Maybe that's how you get into the light dreams, who knows. Oh. I intend to write a book. Um, that's why I have befriended <clears throat> our uh, venerated high priest over here. And he kind of motions to that bed and, and you see that, that he's already like... <laughs> you know, <laughs> Conked out on the uh, on the daybed. Now, if we're already in the dreamlands, of which do the dreaming dream? You know that had occurred to me as well, and I can't be sure, but I think there are further dreamlands that they travel to. Fascinating. 
What's more, I believe that every planet that is inhabited by a sentient race has its own dreamlands. Interesting. Do the cats dream? Yes, they do. <gasps> Fascinating. Yes, and I believe they alone out of all the uh, dreamers on Earth are the greatest of all dreamers due to the amount of sleep they engage in on a daily basis. Of course. Um, but I believe they are actually capable of physically moving between the waking world and the dreamlands if they wish. You mean to say that they, rather than taking on dream incarnations of themselves, are merely themselves? I believe they can do either way, yes. Oh. So. Have you traveled to many places on this side of the dream? I have not. Um, uh, most of it is hearsay. However, any, you know, sort of motions come, let me sort of... So he takes you over to one side of the tower, mm -hmm. and you're kind of looking down on the far side of the hill Ulthar is built on. Mm -hmm. And he says, you see that down there, and it's like this very ornate and large ivory filigreed uh, train station. A train station? Yes. That is relatively new, apparently. I would imagine so. <laughs> You'll note the lack of train tracks. I certainly do. Yet, nonetheless, a train runs through. I... On, on wheels? I'm not sure. Um, it... Uh, it only comes once a week, and I've uh, been here less than that. So oh. I have yet to see it myself. Well, then. Do you know on which days it arrives? I'm not entirely sure, no. Oh. But anyway, um, if one were to venture onto that train, it would be a fine way to get a tour of the surrounding lands, I'm sure. I imagine so. I must admit, I did come across a lovely woman in the nearby village of Nier. Yes. And uh, she did reveal that most of the travelers she encountered had only horrible things to say about the surrounding area. I've heard certain dark whispers. Um, the city of Dilathleen, for example, is supposed to be rather unsavory. And there are darker places yet. Aren't there always... Indeed. But, uh, as I say, I've only been a, an occasional visitor to these lands and have only been staying here um, for what feels like the last five days. Time passes strangely here, so... What year was it when you decided to fall well, asleep, Alan? I sent my package off to you on the first. Oh. So, what day did you get that? I think the it was the 7th, yeah. Oh, so yeah. your dream schedule is approximately correct. Excellent. Oh, okay, good to know. And yet, I wonder if when I wake up, it will still be the 1st, and you won't have received the package yet. Wouldn't that be strange? Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I once spent what felt like two days here, only to wake up the same night that I fell asleep, and only an hour had passed. 
It is a strange thing, a dream, isn't it? Yes, you cannot trust it. Although, I imagine you've already discovered for yourself that you can exert a certain level of control over the environment. Well, a certain limited level, certainly. Yes, yes. Have you had much practice? Not a whole lot. Uh, I've heard tell of a great dreamer who styles himself King Curanes, who dreamt an entire city for himself to rule. My goodness. Yes. But, um, obviously, that would have required some practice. Oh, considerable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I suppose you and I are but late bloomers, aren't we? (laughs) Yes, who knows? Although I did manage a rather fine stone bench. Oh, very nice. Well then, shall we take a tour of the town? I'd love to. Perhaps we can inquire as to the schedule of the train. Indeed. And so he takes you down the stairs, oh, offering goodness. offering his arm as you go along, apologizing that you had to uh, negotiate the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> I'd rather hope to intercept you on the streets, but I believe that, um, um, well, as I say, time passes strangely here, and mm. I didn't quite realize how late it was getting. So, um, out of the tower, he takes you around the town, and, you know, yeah, it's like... Maybe, like, population a thousand. You know, it's, you know, 50 households or something. Or, no, maybe more than that. 200 households. And, <laughs> or so abouts. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's basically like how you always imagine touring a little Swiss village would be. Mm. You know, um, takes you into a fine cheese shop where the... The essence of, of hundreds of years of cheese making has actually leached into the wood of the walls. Oh my. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, shows you some, uh, some rather impressive uh, wood carvings and cuckoo clocks in, this, in another uh, craftsman's uh, store. And, uh, of course, an extensive cat supply shop with uh, cat trees. And uh, all sorts of. Uh, I'm imagining a man who does nothing but like install like climbing cabinetry. <laughs> yes. Your home really elaborate stuff. Yes. You know? like, yeah. That's all he does. Yeah. He's pushed uh, through next year. Yeah. Yeah. What I can do is I can come in and knock a hole in this wall here, and just put in some PVC piping so they can go between the the rooms. They're gonna love it. The kitties love it. All right. So. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Uh, so, um, uh, by the time you're done touring the, the town, though, even though it's not that big, mm-hmm. um, a, uh, a sort of fog or mist has descended, and the, uh, the sun is beginning to, uh, to dip a huh. little bit, and so it's giving the whole town this, like, um, diffused golden light mm. effect. Question. Yes. Because we are in the middle of a bit of a clearing. Mm-hmm. But I imagine there are still trees around the town and in the town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do any of them have the same strange bioluminescence on them? A few of them do, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he tells you a little bit about the enchanted wood. Mm-hmm. He says it is haunted by the loathsome Zug. I'm sorry. <laughs> the loathsome what? Zug. Azug, you say? Oh, Azug, I say, yes. Alan. Azuga. Azuga. 
haunted by zoo. What, Alan? What on earth is a zoo? Oh, they're they're hideous little creatures. I had a run in with a pack of them once. Um, pack. Yes. Fortunately, I happened to have my walking stick with me, but they still left me with some nasty bites. Oh. Imagine, if you will, a combination between a, a, a screeching monkey oh. and a mole. Oh. Yes. The diggy bits. The pink, fleshy, mouthy bits. Oh. Yes. Disgusting. Oh. Loathsome, as I say. Uh, size? Oh, not much, not much smaller than these cats here. Oh, well, thank goodness for that, at least. Yes, 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 quite. No, I, I wouldn't have risked you going through those woods if, if they uh, presented any kind of greater danger. Hmm, pesky. Quite. Mm. Um... So, uh, let's see here. Yes, as you are as you are discussing Zoogs and the uh, the warm. I swear you made that up. <laughs> I did not. You, sir, Zoogs. What? Where? <laughs> see. <laughs> well, I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> um, and um, let's see here. Okay, and so as you're discussing this, you uh, actually hear something. Um, You hear the sound of people running and shouting to each other. Um, And somebody... Excited. excited. (laughs) The Zoogs! The Zoogs! Somebody said the name! Uh, I thought it was three times. (laughs) No, uh, and uh, and some, some little kid is running past you and he's like... The train's coming! The train's <gasps> coming! That smack Alan on the arm. <laughs> Alan! I heard, I heard. I'm not that old. Quick, quickly. <laughs> Escort me. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so you join these sort of flux of people making their way down towards this uh, train station. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you can see a um, carved wooden uh, arched sign that reads Ulthar Station. And uh, as I say, it's kind of a filigreed, ivory-colored um, platform. It is quite handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, uh, a carpet of blue and red embroidery uh, with gold accents that um, covers the uh, most of the uh, station platform um, as people are, are getting up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, as you walk up onto it, even amongst all the feet, you can see that the embroidery reads, The Dreamlands Express. The Dreamlands Express, you say? I do. I am not entirely sure. That sounds so familiar. Hmm. 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 Trains. Trains. You also note that off to your left, a spacious length of the platform has been cordoned off with a red rope secured between two brass poles. Hmm. Hanging from the red rope is a small, exquisitely hand-lettered sign reading Cats Only. And sure enough, some cats are (laughs) assembling on the far side of the rope. Do any of them have luggage? (laughs) (laughs) I only wish. (laughs) Just saying that would have been adorable. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yep. And uh, so everyone's kind of looking off down. While you know. we're waiting, I'm going to poke Alan and be like, what's with the cats? 
Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love cats, but... Well, apparently, and he kind of like takes you aside, you know. <laughs> apparently, there was once a man who lived in this village who was very cruel to cats. He would kill any cat he saw, oh. skin them, you know, torture them. Oh. And, uh, and so one night... The other villagers noticed a bunch of cats assembling outside of his house. Mm. And the next morning, there was nothing left of the man, and just a bunch of cats looking extremely well-fed. Oh, goodness. And so ever since then, the tradition has been to never harm a single hair on a single cat's body in the town of Ulthar. Ah. And now they have their uncordoned train stop. Yes, they do. They've got a bit of a racket going, if you ask me. <laughs> Don't say that too loudly. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <New> kitty. <laughs> uh, and so, um, hopping up onto the uh, platform is a uh, stick-thin figure. He is dressed in a blue and gold uniform that looks um, strikingly modern to your eyes. Well, a train. <laughs> oh. He's wearing a, a white mask in the shape of a bird beak. Mm. He has his, his hair is powdered and pulled back into a queue. Huh. And um, he's wearing uh, white gloves. This all seems so eclectic. <laughs> Rather. And so as he's moving along the platform, he says, Mesdames and Messieurs, the train is coming. Please prepare to board. And so you do see some people, you know, lingering around with luggage. Um, You notice three other people um, amidst the crowd who are not dressed in this kind of Ren Faire fashion. Yes. Um, So you see a... um, a rather uh, cheerful-looking man with mutton-chop whiskers, wearing um, somewhat archaic cut of garments, nonetheless in a Scottish tweed passion, uh, pattern, oh. and carrying a briefcase. Well, then. There is a gaunt and severe older woman in a high Elizabethan collar and widow's reeds, oh. and she is clutching a heart-shaped valise. And then there's a dapper, bearded man in fur-trimmed robes. The two men see you looking at them and give you friendly nods. The woman is staring straight ahead. Oh, I will nod back. Mm-hmm. Well, Padma, what do you think? What do I think? Well, I haven't packed a single thing. Yes. Well, you know, we could just go up to the first stop and come back, I suppose. Oh, Alan, we have no idea where the first stop is. Why don't you ask the man in the scary bird beak mask? <laughs> Yoo-hoo! <laughs> Pardon me. Yes, Henri is here. How can I help you? My good sir, we were wondering, could you provide us the name of the nearest stop on said train? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, the first stop is the city of Dilathleen. Oh. Beyond that, we will be continuing on uh, to uh, multiple destinations. Um, if you uh, if you like, you can uh, pack 
um, your greatest uh, fear or regret and bring that with you. And then at the end of the line, you may hurl it into the great void. You don't say. I do indeed. With my head at Alan. <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose I have been in equally unsavory places, being, well, an antiques dealer of sorts. Mm-hmm. So, Diathleen, I'm sure, can be no worse than the average port town in, say, Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I've been to Mallorca, I can handle it. Well, (laughs) suppose we have a loaf of bread and a knife for the journey. Yep. Ah, yes. Well, uh, I I have to say, the prospect of unloading one's greatest fear or biggest regret is something everyone dreams of. Yes, quite so. I'm game if you are. I can't imagine saying no. Very well, then. So he turns to the conductor. I say, uh, two tickets, then. And uh, and the conductor uh, reaches in his coat and produces two tickets that are printed on, like, paper-thin silver. You know, silver with the consistency of paper, basically. Oh. Well, and, I suppose uh, we do have cloth of gold, so what will they think of next? Yes. So, uh, and he, he hands each of you the ticket, and he says, no charge. My good sir, why, thank you. <laughs> ah, and so, he, and then he pulls out a, uh, a gold uh, pocket watch, flips it open. Right on time, as always. Click. <laughs> Sits it back in. Yes, his pocket watch clicked in a French accent. Uh, <laughs> I would expect nothing else. <laughs> Click. And, um, and so, as he says that, you begin to hear this kind of, like, Somewhat regular thumping sound, and then I do say, does it sound like something is running our way? <laughs> and then, like steam uh, begins to kind of curl up around the platform, but not from any like visible source. And then, out of the uh, out of the roiling bank of steam, you see a monstrosity emerge. Oh, it is a uh, bloated, bulbous mass. Um. Basically, like an unholy combination of an octopus, a centipede, and a spider, oh. draped in jelly. Oh! <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> octopus, centipede, and spider. And spider draped in jelly. <laughs> it was the draped in mm. jelly. Mm-hmm. 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 It's like a jelly fondant over overneath or uh, covering everything. Wow. Aspic, exactly, mm. and um, and then from uh, under the undercarriage, if you will, oh. is these sort of spidery centipede legs, and then like a bunch of just sort of tentacular appendages, all providing locomotion. I suppose that explains the lack of tracks now, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. Ah, yes. It looks like it was dredged up from some unfathomable depth. I suppose we are in the dreamlands, aren't we? Mm Mm-hmm. And the tentacles are sort of, you know, um, (laughs) doing their little little tentacular dance uh, around the edges, you know, of this thing's bulk, Mm. you know, little cilia. Mm. Um, And then you see as it's coming out of the steam that another one is behind it. 
and mm. it's kind of attached by a kind of a, like col- a, a colonic tube. Oh. <laughs> <Alan>. <laughs> I, You're hurting me. <laughs> I suppose if it's good enough for the cats. <laughs> I, yes, all the cats are standing up and like twitching their tails and looking, you know, like, yes, expectant. this is perfectly normal. Oh. Um, there are a couple um, couple figures up on top of the second one. Um, they are, uh, let's see, they're dressed. Uh, let's see, how are they dressed? They're dressed in a certain way. Um, there we are. Okay, so they are dressed in, um, basically like a hooded, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, like kind of a hooded, uh, hooded, uh, coat, I suppose. Hmm. Like a trench coat with a hood on it, if that works. And um, they are shoveling, they have shovels, and they are uh, shoveling some of this jelly-like flesh into the shovels, mm. and then heaving them across into the lead beast, and you, and, you, know, you can't see it from where you're standing, because these things are like 20 feet tall, mm. but you, you hear like some smacking sounds, like they're, they're heaving this flesh into a, into a maw of some sort. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> And uh, actually, as the as the thing gets closer, you can see that um, beneath the hoods, these these uh, tenders are also wearing masks. Although instead of being a bird shape, one is like smiling and one is frowning. Oh, the comedic, tragic yes duet. Yes, exactly. And then um, out of the steam, yet more of these monstrous carriages emerge. Um, However, these all have, well, the third one, yeah, these all have um, sort of superstructures on top of them. Oh. Yes, they are um, uh, sort of like in the same style as the train uh, platform, which is to say ivory colored, intricately carved with lots of filigree and um, um, curtains. Oh. You know. So it would seem that this first mm, creature <laughs> is uh, the, the boiler room, shall we say, the yeah. engine of the train, and right. the rest are the cars. Yes. We won't be sitting directly on. No. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. You can worry there. Um, or inside, good lord. No. Yes, a giant door opens up on its side, and you step inside. Like a cat bus, only more horrifying. <laughs> only far more disgusting. Stickier. Yes, <laughs> not like in cartoons. Um, yeah, so these are yeah these are clearly platforms that you ride upon. Um, they're vaguely reminiscent of train carriages, actually. They they have like regularly spaced mm. arched windows. Mm-hmm. You know. I assume seating. Yes, probably. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and you see a uh, ladder, you know, descending from each How sticky is that one. ladder? <laughs> oh. uh, so, um, all right. So, yes, the, uh, so the train uh, comes to a halt. Hmm. And um, the, uh, the cats are, are down at the far end of this, of this platform. So they begin actually going 
onto the train on the on like kind of the last monstrosity carriage. Um, the caboose. If you will, yes. The monstrous, um, monstrous caboose. Yes. Mm. Um, which instead of ladders has um, like uh, sort of padded Little boards. Rings. Yeah, like like kind of just boards with the rope around them, so they can just claw their way up. You know. It's horrible. Yep. So. Um, so how many individuals total, mm-hmm. local and not, mm-hmm. uh, are joining us on the train? Um, so it appears to just be you, Alan, the three people you saw, mm. and a couple other locals. And is so. there anyone already boarded on the train? Uh, none that you can see. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems that most of the people here just came out for the spectacle of it. Oh, wow. It does seem rather exciting, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, at this point, I should also mention, uh, now that this train is just kind of reposing there right in front of you, you can see through the aspic-like jelly that periodically in the flesh of these things are little golden eyes blinking, looking around. What manner of eyes? Um, Kind of uh, um, leonine, I suppose. Huh. (laughs) I suppose if it's... Good enough for the cats, shall we? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so the uh, oh yes, and there's uh, there's steam escaping from some of the tentacles. All right, so a touch humid. A touch. <laughs> uh, so you have your tickets. And so Henri is on hand to assist people getting onto the ladder. Um, it's, uh, you know, not too tough of a climb to the top. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so up you get onto the carriage itself, the platform. And um, let's see. All right. So basically find yourself in yeah sort of like this combination of uh, train carriage and portico sort of arrangement you know Um, there's you know nice wide hall down the length of the carriage and uh, and then you can see you know like on your right are the windows and along your left are these compartments oh how perfectly civilized Mm mm-hmm and uh, and so Henri is on hand, and he's like, you know, uh, let me see your ticket. Uh, yes, you are in this uh, compartment here. You know, so he's kind of assigning people to mm. their births. You know, perfectly civilized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, and so yeah, he's showing you into your berth. Now the uh, the floor is is uh, extensively carpeted, a lot of uh, Persian rugs and that sort of thing. No Celia. Mm-hmm. And yes, indeed, and um, and then he says, uh, as he's as he's kind of showing you to your to your cabin, he says, uh, "This will be turned down for sleeping uh, in the uh, as uh, the sun sets. Um, feel free to come and go as you please. Um, we are we are here completely at your service. Um, every your every whim is our command." Um, Henri, you're too kind. No, please, please. Henri lives to serve. <laughs> um, you note that you know he's uh, 
you can see his eyes through mm. the mask. Yes, actually. They're I was human eyes. I'm curious about that. They're human eyes. But, you know, he's wearing his mask, and he has, like, a cravat up around his throat. He's wearing gloves. Um, so no skin. No skin. Mm. Yep. Um, human eyes, no skin. Yep. Mm. <laughs> eyes without a face. Um, so, <laughs> let's see. So he says, um, if you head uh, to the forward of the uh, carriage, there is the bathhouse. Please, bathhouse, please avail yourself. Oh. To uh, the rear of the carriage, um, there is the men's saloon, which he you know, says with a bow to Alan. Beyond that is the banquet hall, and then beyond that is the ladies' parlor. How colossal is this monstrosity? <laughs> or is this one of those the interior is much larger than it ought to be? It, it it's uh, it was kind of hard to say in the in the in all the uh, roiling steam. Sure. But it definitely looked like it kept going. Okay. Yeah. So it is within proportion to the creatures that we are. Yes. Astride. Yes. Fascinating. Yes. So. I um, suppose really at the end of the day, these aren't much worse than Fido, are they? <laughs> Good old Fido. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's more or less the lay of it. Hmm. Well, I must say, Alan, I'm feeling quite <laughs> peckish. I had a hearty breakfast, but apart from that Turkish delight, not a thing since I've fallen asleep. Quite right. Off to the banquet hall, I'd say, eh? Absolutely. Very good. All right, so you begin to walk. What, um, what are you thinking about? What are you going to throw in? Oh, well, I suppose my crippling fear of the ocean is an obvious choice. I'd say that's a good one. But to be honest, I think that my deepest regret in life, which truly has been what has driven me to my moderate opium addiction, is <sighs> not so much the horrors that I have witnessed over my time, not even having my eyeballs feelered by interdimensional shrimp, though I am a bit squeamish around tentacles these days. Understandable. No, my deepest regret in life is... Once upon a time, I was unable to save my one love, James. Mm. Though I desperately tried. And I do indulge to forget, shall we say. Yes, understandable. I suppose I would hope that he is at peace wherever he is, and would wish for myself in my advanced age to allow myself some peace as well. I think that's a fine thing. A fine thing to be rid of. And you, Alan? I'd say my memories of all the pain that I went through mm. over these last years. It'll help me sleep better at night. Truly, to have that last tie to your earthly body, shall we say. Yes. I mean, all in all, I, I feel I lived a good life. I brought a greater awareness of the ways of the Buddha to, uh, to the West which was ever my intention ever since I first discovered the teachings myself. But it came at a great personal cost, and if I can leave that behind me, then I'll say it was truly a life well lived. Indeed. Well, I am excited. I am as well. I must say, the second tea, the 
I don't know, the prize at the end of the trail. It made it seem all much more exciting and less, uh, less dangerous, you know? More yes. adventurous. Yes. I quite agree. Well then. Um, so as you've been talking, you've been walking, and you have uh, entered, well, you've passed between these two cars. There's a nice little bridge between the platforms. Atop the colonic structure? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can hear, like, sort of faintly gurgling, you know. We will not be making our way all the way to the caboose, I think. <laughs> Curiosity does not push us that far. It keeps the grass fertilized. That's all we have to say. Um, and so you pass into, no no pun intended, you uh, <laughs> pass through, and you, um, you enter into what must be the men's saloon. Um, um, you know, this is, you know, again, this uh, sort of portico-style platform mm-hmm. with these billowing uh, curtains. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but instead of being portioned off into cabins, there's just a bunch of divans and large pillows and mm. places to just recline. There are um, uh, hookahs uh, set up oh. in strategic locations. And um, then there's um, a sideboard with uh, a sort of a buffet set out huh. with... Um, um, haunches of uh, of meat and ribs, uh, and uh, hearty brown bread. Hmm. And fair. yeah, and then uh, as we might find in town. Exactly. <laughs> and then um, along the the far end wall, on the other side, is a um, very impressive looking liquor cabinet. Well, so <laughs> you can well imagine this room filled with. Lots of billowing uh, smoke and Mustachioed men and harumphing and uh, harumphing. yes and and talking about the uh, you know Afghanistan crisis or whatever. So father's friends all over again. Exactly. And so you pass through there and you enter into the uh, carriage that is the banqueting hall. This features a long table running down the center of the uh, platform with chairs on either side. All of oak inset with teak. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the table is covered with cloth of gold. The knives are <laughs> silver with rubies inset. Sorry, it seems a little silly that uh, the fine garments of uh, my dear friend Alan are suitable also for tablecloths. Yes, oh dear. <laughs> I should have changed <laughs> if I'd known. <laughs> Um, so the knives are of silver with inset rubies. Um, the goblets are crystal. And, um, and yeah, so, um, you see that, um, your fellow passengers have also, um, made their way in here. Mm. And so folks are kind of just lingering and standing around. How many individuals does the table seat? How far are the ends? The uh, the table looks like it could seat about forty, oh. and there's only five of you. Wow! But of course, you're at the beginning of the of the route. Yes. So, yeah. Um. So, uh, you're all kind of standing around, you know, that sort of awkward. I don't know anyone. Moment, and then Henri appears mm. as if from nowhere, 
and says, please, please, Henri is here and dinner is almost served. And indeed, you can actually smell this delicious aroma coming out of what appears to be the kitchens. There's like kind of a, a walled off section at the far end of the, mm. the carriage, you know. You can hear pots and pans clanking and that sort of thing. You know? I wonder what masks they're wearing. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so, he, you know, he entreats you all to have a seat and then uh, sort of goes around and, and introduces uh, everyone. Oh. Um, so, uh, so he says, uh, yes, well, um, let's see, we have uh, Monsieur Mackenzie. I and assume that's mutton chops. That's mutton chops. And he, and he goes, call me Mac. <laughs> Charmed. <laughs> Uh, then we have Monsieur Karakov, and that's the fellow in the furs, and he just sort of inclines his head. How old was he again? Oh, uh, probably in his 40s. Mm. Late 40s. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Madame Bruja. Bruja, he said. Mm-hmm. And she just gives a curt nod and very carefully sets her heart-shaped valise on the seat, empty seat next to her. She has sat no closer than two seats away from anybody else. Mm. Everyone else sort of clustered together, but she's just a little separated. So, um, as the uh, introductions go around, um, (laughs) hmm, (laughs) I'm like, okay, so as the introductions go around, um, uh, Henri excuses himself and goes into the kitchen mm-hmm. and he kind of reemerges and he's carrying a silver tureen mm. and he sets it down voila, and he whoosh, whisks the top off and it's cream of turtle soup cream of turtle soup mm-hmm. so he begins ladling bowls for everybody and, uh, and he says we have uh, many fine uh, drinks on offer tonight uh, we have the um, wine of Saroub, uh, which is a chartreuse. Uh, we have the wine of Implant, which is a fine champagne that will pair very well with the roast peacock that is yet to come. Uh, we have a red wine from the Carthian Hills and a white from Mount Eran. Uh, for the more adventurous of you, we have the Zug Moon Tree wine. I see you weren't lying after all. <laughs> <laughs> So, um... I think champagne will do nicely with the cream as well as the peacock. Of course. Um, our final, um, our final, uh, course will be, uh, pearls from the, uh, wave-washed shores of metal dissolved in the vinegar of Thrace. You don't say. <laughs> Please enjoy. So he sort of backs out. Well then, here we all are, having dinner, perfectly (laughs) civilized. I'm most curious, what has brought each of you to these strange and beautiful lands? Well, says Mac, uh, I'm nearing retirement in the waking world. I'm looking... Ah, yes, I'm a civil servant, a uh, bit of a courier, old soldier, fought in the Boer War. You don't 
Yes. Eh, but uh, yeah, it's just all dry and soulless. I yearn to be a poet. Oh. I feel it within me. Oh. And he's kind of like patting his his tweed and pulls out a, a little commonplace book oh. and hands it across the table to you. I do love poetry. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Flick it open. Flick it open. Here. Uh-huh. Let's, uh, let's have you make an English roll <laughs> to evaluate it. It's worth... I make it with a difficult success. Excellent. It's crap. (laughs) (laughs) Not surprised. So, uh, and, 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 you know, as you you kind of read a couple, and and he kind of gives you an indulgent smile, and he says, you don't have to be nice, Miss uh, Dashiell. I know it's bad, but I'm traveling on the express right now. I'm not going all the way. Not quite there yet. But uh, uh, I'm going to stop off and uh, get some uh, teaching. A bit of learning. Oh. Yes. There's a master poet in one of these uh, stops coming up. That um, Which stop is that? Well, it's, um, it's the uh, city Sunanile. Then I must say, the heart wants what it wants, and self-expression is uh, really all there is, isn't there? I think so. Wouldn't you say, Monsieur Karakov? And he kind of gives him this look, you know. And uh, and Karakov says, I don't know what you're talking about, old boy. Oh, Monsieur <laughs> Karakov, what brings you to these fine lands? Ah, uh, well, um... I Mac and I have uh, crossed paths before. It's kind of funny we end, uh, ended up on the uh, on the train together. <laughs> Aye, funny. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, those coincidences, you. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh. Um. <clears throat> no, but um, I'm here. Well, I'm here for. Um, you know, sort of a variety of reasons, but, um... And so, give me a uh, psychology roll. Oh. <laughs> I love books, not people. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so, um... So Max says, uh, Trying to assuage a guilty conscience? Oh! Well, there's no need for such... Harsh accusations at the dinner table. That man made one pound sterling for every soul that was lost in the Great War. And he facilitated those deaths. Didn't you, Karakoff? And Karakoff says... Sorry, the Great War? Yes. Uh, Well, you know, someone had to sell the uh, armaments. And if I hadn't done it, somebody else would have. I do say... That is rather distasteful, <laughs> but... I only provided what the nations wanted. <sighs> and what brings you here, then? 
Okay, why don't you... Let's see. Where was that? Maybe. Yeah, there's a persuade, but there's also a sand roll. <laughs> sand roll. A sand roll? Yes. Uh oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a 90 out of 44. <laughs> So you begin to hear the sound of like ghostly guns firing. Oh. Artillery, small arms. And you notice that he's kind of like f slightly flinching with some of the larger reports. A touch haunted, are we, Cap Karakov? What? No. Ridiculous. Really? In this silent train car, you don't hear that? sound with which you are rather timidly flinching? I don't know what you're talking about. Does anyone know what she's talking about? And uh, Mac and Alan are both like, no, I don't know. Oh. Well then. Must just be tinnitus. I... <laughs> yes, it often manifests as a sound of heavy artillery. <laughs> Speaking of uh, silence on the car, it is, it is perfectly silent. There's just the sound of the, the breeze... Flapping the curtains. No sound of scuttling. Um, no, not really. You're high up. You're high up enough. And um, goodness for that. And the multitude of, of uh, spindly legs and tentacles also ensure that your ride is like perfectly smooth. Perfectly smooth. Yeah. There's no jostling. There's no. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I. Mm. <laughs> if we look out the window. Uh huh. How fast are we approximately traveling? Um, so you're, you're making a good clip. Um, you, you, you know, the, the curtains are blowing back sufficiently that you can kind of like get a glimpse out and you, and you see that the, the landscape at this point is like, uh, almost like a, a hot pink because the sun is, is just hitting that horizon mm -hmm. there. And you see some farmers heading back from their fields in their two wheeled horse carts and you're just, and they're just going, you know, so you're probably so doing a good. As any train. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a good thirty miles an hour. Oh, or so, yeah, love it. yeah. So, um, yeah. So he uh, he waves you off, mm. basically. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, and Max says, "Yeah, I don't think he's got a guilty conscience. I don't see a great bloody trunk full of his uh, ghosts that are haunting him." Oh, well, I do say we all carry something on the inside, though, don't we? I suppose so, although if he was intended to throw it into the abyss, he'd have it with him, I suppose. Hmm. And, uh, and Karakoff says, oh, yes, like that brief briefcase then there. Yes, it's none of your business. <laughs> so they're just kind of like... Bickering. Bickering, yeah. Madame Bruja, are you a frequent traveler of these lands? Frequent enough. Have you traveled beyond Ulthar before, or is this...? Of course I have. Oh. Well, I must admit I am a, a new traveler myself, and I am quite in awe of those of you who have managed to find the way before, I suppose. Yes, well... Well, as long as one stays out of the way of men. Mm. 
I have to say I have uh, lived a rather solitary lifestyle myself and had the opportunity to travel alone and I do find it quite liberating. So cheers to you for finding the same, I suppose. <laughs> she sort of reluctantly raises her goblet to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From where do you uh, call home? She uh, just straight up ignores you. Mm. Of course. I'm going to <laughs> sip my champagne. <laughs> and then, like, after a good, like, three minutes, she, you know, she says, home is a far, far away place where I left much behind. Too much. I don't suppose you had any kids, Miss Dashiell. Children. No, I never did manage. Good. Then you will never have experienced the heartbreak of losing them. Turtle soup, anyone? <laughs> right. So the next uh, chorus comes out, actually. Speaking of, and um, uh, yeah, it's kind of disgusting. Um, so it's a giant uh, elephant's foot, uh, <laughs> grilled. Oh. Yeah, with um, truffles and sweetbreads, or sweet meats, if you will, mm. if you wish. So. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> uh. Yes, and so and so Alan says, "Oh yeah, elephant. Oh, very good. Yes, they had this on Ceylon." And he starts like cutting off a, a slice, you know. I was always rather fond of elephants, actually. I think I'll save my room for peacock. <laughs> Shrill things. Yes, <laughs> yes, I don't mind eating those. Um, and so the, uh, the food continues to roll out, uh, sure enough, next up is, uh, the spit-roasted peacock, uh, along with pheasant, quail, and partridge. Is it like a turducken? <laughs> 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 like a pheasant inside a peacock with, like, the quail the partridge inside, because that would be hilarious. Do you know about the cockatrice? Not the cockatrice, but the cockatrice. <laughs> Why, no, I do not. That was a medieval recipe. Oh, why would I know about medieval recipes? That was a medieval recipe in which you took uh, the front part of a pig and the back half of a chicken, or vice versa, and sewed them together and roasted it up. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that? I think my personal favorite was taking a roast chicken and putting quicksilver and sulfur into the cavity and then sewing it up, and it would make it whistle and dance across the table. Okay, that's actually quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't meant for eating, so. <laughs> I should have not. <laughs> you know, you, you whip the thing off, and the chicken's like. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So, no, not quite. No. <laughs> <laughs> far more civilized. Yes, far more civilized. Uh, although the next course is a boar's head a la mode. Uh, a la mode, you say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just plunk, there's the boar's head. Mm. And um, let's see. Um, I did always like the cheek. <laughs> yes, indeed, the best part. And um, let's see. As the boar's head is being brought out, you notice something moving over towards the kitchen. Mm. It's a little black kitten. Oh! Is it? Hmm? Like, what kind of little black kitten? <laughs> Long hair, short hair? Um, sh kind of 
fuzzy, fuzzbally. Fluffy still. Fluffy. So a tiny black kitten. Tiny. Yeah. Oh, how, like, so this is at the other end. Yeah, but this little bottle brush tail, you know. Oh. And, uh, and it goes down to the kitchen and it's like kind of pawing at the, at the saloon door, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to get that open. And, and Henri is, you know, just like, you know, he's like, yes, in that minute. Blackjack? No, no blackjack. <laughs> and so then he, he kind of like goes around the table and picks him up. He's like, meow, meow. Oh. And, and, and Henri is like talking back to him and meows, oh. you know. And then he sets him down and gives him a little little swat on the butt, you know, <laughs> and uh, and says, um, and uh, turns to you and says, eh, apologies. Oh, not at all. They are a darling, aren't they? Yes. They're it's- just certain places that kittens should not go. No, I imagine a, a kitchen would be a perhaps treacherous place for a small creature. Yes, it, it would be trodden underfoot. Oh, but is he hungry? I'm sure he's fine. I told him to go back to his mother, Sophie. Oh, wow. Perhaps a tidbit for his mother, then. All right. Give him a little, mm-hmm. little bite of cheek. All right. So he takes it in his mouth and trots off, oh. all proud style. <laughs> As though he found it himself. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It is really cute when they do that, isn't it? Oh yes, it is too much. I had to, I had to put a, a, a carriage on the train for the kids. How could I not? Oh, they are such fine creatures. And yes. It sounds that they are rather established travelers themselves, aren't they? Yes, they they come and go, and they you know they are masters of these lands more than us uh, us folk, I suppose. Well, still, to offer them such luxuries and comforts on such arduous journeys is commendable, sir. No, thank you, indeed. And he's kind of, like, serving you up. Why don't you give me a spot-hidden roll as he's doing that? I make it. Excellent. So, uh, as, he's, as he's serving the meat, there's a little gap between his glove and his sleeve. Oh. And you can see his skin. Uh-huh. And it's horribly scarred from burns. There you go. I wonder if all of our train tenants are perhaps equally marred. Perhaps. Perhaps. Mm. And so the, uh, let's see. There is a, a, a fine, uh, several fine sauces actually to go with the boar. Um, and then the final uh, course is a palate cleanser of fruits, nuts, and spices from the Siddharthian Groves. Siddharthian Groves. Mm-hmm. I just imagine Alan is truly excited by this course. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and so as he's serving those up and plopping the pearls into the vinegar, uh, Henri reminds you and Alan that, um, you know, if you wish to go all the way to the end of the line, you'll need to create a physical manifestation of your um, thing that you wish to rid yourself of. Ah, yes. Thank you for the reminder. Yes. Uh, So basically that's a um, successful dreaming skill. We'll bring that together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Henri. Yes? Approximately how long is our journey to the end? Uh, It is approximately three days, madame. And so does this count as the end of the first day? Uh, we will be arriving at the um, edge of the void on the evening, uh, three, three evenings from now. Ah, oh, three evenings from now. Yes. Ah, oh, I see. 
indeed. And so, um, that concludes your banquet. Um, it is dark outside. Hmm. And, uh, you know, Alan gives a sort of expansive yawn, you know. Well, I'm ready to turn in. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Max says, yeah, I think I'll, uh, I think I'll do the same. Especially if, uh. Karakov is going to be in the men's saloon. Mm. And Karakov says, Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> oh, you too. <laughs> oh, just touch dicks and get it over with. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, if you want to turn in, you may. Most of the I train seems to be doing so. Take a peek at the ladies' parlor for a nightcap. I am accustomed to. Of course, of course such at home yes indeed uh okay so past the kitchens press on past the kitchens to the ladies parlor and so entering into here you find uh of course now uh, lit uh tastefully with paper lanterns hmm. uh, for the evening a um fanciful garden has been planted here in filigree tubs between which scented fountains play. Um, there are bottles of uh, ornate and curious design holding liquors of startling color and unknown potency. <laughs> <laughs> unknown potency. There's a band name waiting to happen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's the opposite of Jeopardy uh, category. Oh my god. <laughs> um, there's also uh, cream and jam laced cakes and dainty six-pointed sandwiches set out on planters. Six-pointed sandwiches. On platters, yes. Well, I'm very stuffed from dinner, but perhaps a nightcap of some sort. All right. So, um, yes. uh, Make a random roll. (laughs) Red, green, yellow, or black? I don't know. Uh, Let's try... That purple one. Okay, the purple one it is. So, um, you uh, you help yourself to a little snifter off the rack and pour it out. It comes out um, a little syrupy. Mm. You know, it might be like a uh, liqueur. liqueur yeah. mm. Smells nice enough, very sweet. Uh, you take an experimental sip. Tastes all right. <laughs> Not dead yet. <laughs> Bottoms up. And give me a con roll, please. <laughs> I make it. All right. Did you make it at extreme level? <laughs> um, let me see this. It'll be one-fifth. No, no. No. All right. So you knock it back, and you and it, it's good. It You feel the warmth spreading, and you feel very good, and you feel a little lightheaded, and then you're like, whoa, you know, and then... <laughs> Suddenly the train feels like it's moving. Like what? Yeah. And uh, and so you uh, you you kind of have to take a seat. And uh, thank on, goodness yes. we're amongst cushy cushy seats. Yes, indeed. And in, indeed the cushions seem to be rising up to meet you. <laughs> uh, in your in in your state, you you don't really realize or notice that the cushions are being helpfully pushed up and accommodated for you by tentacles coming up from between the carpets. 
That's kind of adorable. <laughs> oh, it's like the train just knows. Uh-huh. It's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> nor is it, uh, nor do you realize that in the banquet hall, the dishes are being cleared away by tentacles. But anyway. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> forming a little bucket brigade of tentacles back to the kitchen. <laughs> so, uh. Um, that is a loose weave on that carpet. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just a lot of little carpets, <laughs> so they, they just come up between them, basically. <gasps> oh, yeah. That's weird. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you pass out in the parlor. Mm. Um, I'm 70. No one will care. No, it's, yeah, it's grandma's passed out in the parlor again. <laughs> and, uh, when you awake, you uh, feel stiff and sore and cold because oh. you are back in your bedroom. The <gasps> fire has died. The windows are rhymed with frost in the cold steel gray of the early morning on this chilly January hmm. day. Wow, then. <laughs> I'm going to look down how much of that Turkish delight is left. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, you've got a whole box. Oh. Uh, not to mention you're pretty sure that you can find your way back. Oh. So, um, that will conclude the session because basically what this sets up is that you can tell the other characters in the party once you finally meet up with them how to get on this thing as well. Mm. And so you guys can ride the Dreamlands Express while you sleep on the Orient Express. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Now, um, before we close out, though, um, there is a provision here if you wish to um, make any attempts at researching any of these real-world people that you met. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about them, you mm-hmm. certainly can try and do so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so who would you like to try and find out about? Um, well, it seems that Mac is perfectly happy to inform me about himself. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have to say, I'm curious about Madame Bruja. Okay. She might be very upset if she learns that I've learned about her. <laughs> Although I can't say I really care to know much about Count Karakoff. Mm-hmm. Although I'd perhaps he would be the best to learn about, as he seems the least trustworthy. Mm. So for Karakoff, you'll need a simple library use roll. Okay. I succeed. Okay. So his story checks out. He is a well-known arms dealer. Mm -hmm. Um, His name has been in newspapers since before the Great War. Mm. Um, But he is a contemporary. He is. He is a contemporary, yes. Um, And... uh, Yep, he's known to sell weapons to all nations, to both sides of any conflict. Mm. And um, the most recent news is that uh, a small newspaper snippet from the Times from a couple weeks ago, just before Christmas, in which he unexpectedly left Paris in the middle of an important arms deal Mm. and returned via the Orient Express to his village in Monte Carlo. Mm-hmm. 
Anyone else? Oh, I suppose I can't help but want to know about Madame Bruja. Alright. Another Poor library thing. use roll, please. Mm hmm. I make it with an extreme success. Excellent. And a luck roll, please. I also make it. Excellent. So, uh, this is Monday that you're doing all this, because obviously Sunday you're not going to be able to get in anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, uh, you know, you're down at the uh, the Times Central Building, uh, searching the uh, newspaper morgues, mm-hmm. which is where you found your uh, information on Karakov. Mm-hmm. Um, and so down there in those dusty archives, mm-hmm. uh, you know, around tea time, you sort of doze off. As, as can happen. When you wake up, there is a book on the table, which is strange because you're in a newspaper morgue. That is strange. But it uh, it appears to be a collection of old British uh, and um, Northern European folk tales hmm. and uh, and other uh, sort of ephemera of that nature, mm-hmm. and. Um, it is open to a particular page, mm-hmm. which I <gasps> failed to mark. There it is. All right. So um, here it is. This is called the Tale of the Lover's Heart, and I'll give you this in a handout form. You can tuck into your your journal there. Ooh, thank you. A grisly little myth told in a uh, particular northern English town is that of the sorcerer and the crone. The sorcerer married late and foolishly. As a reward for his folly, he one day surprised his young wife with her lover. Enraged, he summoned the dark powers and tore the unhappy pair to pieces. Mm-hmm. He ripped the hearts from their bodies and burned them to ash, vowing they would have no rest even in death. Their broken bodies were tossed to the dogs. He reckoned without the dead girl's mother, a crone of horrid malevolence who prayed daily before the church for vengeance. Her cries were heard, although it is doubtful if the answer to her prayer was truly divine. It is whispered the church was built on an older and grimmer foundation raised by the ancient Romans in worship of their pagan gods. Hmm. One day she stood before the church holding aloft a glowing ruby the size of a clenched fist and of peculiar shape as if it were fashioned of two lovers' hearts entwined. The sorcerer, seeing this stone, was consumed with desire for it. He ordered his men to seize it, but the crone hid it in her breast. He had her searched, but the stone was gone, and even under torture, she would not reveal its hiding place. She was condemned for witchcraft and burned in the square before the church. As she was engulfed in flames, the sorcerer yet demanded the stone from her. Consumed by fire, she at last unlocked her lips. Hate is stronger than love, she screeched. And death is stronger than life. Only in your dreams will you find it, she taunted the sorcerer. Mm. With that, she died. The sorcerer went mad with lust for that lost stone. In his last days, raving, he locked himself in his tower. Believing he had found the answer to her taunt, he burned himself alive in his own crypt. Mm. Some say the pair know no rest, but are seen even now on dark nights, chasing each other amid the storm clouds. The crone yet holds her glowing prize aloft and shrieks with delight, at the sorcerer's vain pursuit. Hate is stronger than love, she cries, and death is stronger than life. Surely no merciful providence would allow such horrors to exist. Hmm. And so there you go. Well then. Yes. 
All right, well. Well, I suppose there's just one left. One last library use roll. Might as well, eh? I feel so sneaky. <laughs> and I succeed. Okay. Okay, let's get back to this way. <laughs> now that you shuffled it close. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, wait, go back. There we go, okay. Waking roll investigations, haha. Okay, um, you find very little on Mac Mackenzie. Mm. Um, let's see here. You find some uh, mentions of him from about uh, 25 years ago during the Boer War. Mm-hmm. All positive. Praised for courage and calm under fire in several dispatches. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. So whatever whatever work he does doesn't make the papers. Well, he did say he was but a career and, mm-hmm. well, aimed to retire, which I imagine would be now-ish. <laughs> How about now-ish? Yep. Well then. Yeah. So there's your first journey on the Dreamlands Express. First of many, I'm sure. Ah, yes. All right. Any final thoughts or? We're good. We're good. Okay.